Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everybody. Welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I am your hunk. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. The, you didn't it, get a did, quote. We did, didn't we get a did quote. sneak up on me. I did. I was not aware you were starting we started right it now. Nor- we started it different than normal, so it makes sense that you wouldn't aware. have a quote. I was not aware uh, what that you were starting it at this point. So excuse mm-hmm. me while I type just furiously to go to IMDb. But as you know, obviously I'm Doge. And sarcastically to the celebrity amateur poker players, implying he's going to win the hand. I'm not sure what four nines does, but the chunk, I think, is pretty high. I'm Carter. Now they tell me I paid my debt to society. Funny. I never got the chunk. Nice. Mm. Mm. Well, at the beginning of this totally normal intro to our show, (laughs) Jordan, you said that you were the hunk. And you know, you can't just be throwing... That crap around all the time, man. And we need yeah. you to tell us why you think that, why do you, why did you feel that you deserve this great honor? Well, it's because I uh, was deemed worthy of uh, another honor. Mm. Um, the honor of uh, joining two lovely human beings in holy matrimony. Mm. Uh, I did officiate a wedding for the first and hopefully last time <laughs> <laughs> a week ago. What kind of pressure is that? That's got to be massive pressure, eh? Dude, it's the worst. I have, <laughs> I have no, none, no fear of public speaking or being like up in front of people or anything like that. But the moment that the wedding Really? Because you seem really shy. Shy is always yeah, a word a I would use to person. describe you. Um, a shy person, uncomfortable with attention. Um, but I, uh, the moment that I was supposed to be like, who gives this bride? It was just like, like every part of me was just vibrating (laughs) with fear. And I think my theory is it's because it's so important. (laughs) Like if you, if you just called me up on stage, randomly handed me a microphone and we're like, Hey, fill 20 minutes. I'd be like, got it. No problem. Let's do this thing. (laughs) But you give me months to prepare 25 minutes worth of talking that that bonds yeah. you together forever with your spouse. <laughs> Boy. Yeah. That's weird though. Like prepared speeches are so much more nerve inducing than just off the cuff. Dude, it's just the weight of marriage. I, I'm a big marriage fan, big marriage guy. Mm-hmm. Love it. Huge mm-hmm. fan. And um, something about that, and and the, the the thing that calmed me down was I was like couldn't tell you a thing that happened at my wedding like a word no, that was said in not my at wedding all. ceremony so I, I I I was able to you know deep breath and and forge ahead with the main thought being just don't beef it so hard that that's what becomes memorable yeah right and you'll be fine just fly under um, the radar and so we got through we got through it um, I did okay I didn't uh, collapse under the pressure so w- w- we did it. You know, but man, it was, if it was the last one I ever do, that'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, done. Thanks. That'll be Do you have any good jokes? Well, that is honky, man. Any good, good jokes you. that you said? <laughs> like good classic marriage jokes? Yeah. I was like, um, I was like, man, marriage is tough. Uh, you know, it, it can be hard to, uh, you know, understand like another person 24 seven, for instance, take my wife. Please. Nice. Nice. You know, so that you did not do that. No, I did, I did not. <laughs> no, oh, Rodney Dangerfield up there. <laughs> Just kept pulling on my collar to release my all the steam. I was like, jeez. I don't get no respect. No, take her, please. I don't get no respect. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, 
I, I did some jokes that were highly contextual to the couple and the mm. room itself that would Dude, not inside be jokes. funny here. What you need to do isn't it? Inside jokes. Like I was like, I was like, how about his grandma, huh? You would have, and that would have every, killed, and that would have everybody if you guys were there. Yeah. Everybody laughed and pointed at grandma. <laughs> yeah. And everybody was like, ha, ha, grandma. She's sleeping. <laughs> classic. <laughs> classic GG. So yeah, that's that's why I'm the hunk. And that's well, my favorite part of Ocean's Eleven, for sure. Is that of what? Of why did nothing? you say that? Of nothing. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and uh let's, yeah, let's well. shatter the glass then if that's if that's what this has come to. This is the first episode of our new series, Heist to Meet You, where we're breaking so down excited. the biggest, baddest, and most iconic heist movies of all time. And so the ready. first one, the starting movie, is the movie, my offering, that I've brought to the table and laid bare before my friends, is the movie known as... Ocean's, Ocean's Eleven. Eleven. The Clooney one, not the Sinatra one. Thank you very much. The Clooney one. Not the synopsis. Here's, here's what's crazy, and uh, we'll do hear the synopsis first, and then I'll tell you what's crazy. Yeah, let's hear the synopsis first, and then tell me what's crazy. Is MA the postal abbreviation for Massachusetts? I believe so. Yes. This IMDb synopsis was written by Monkey King MA, which I desperately hope is Monkey King Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. I hope because it's that's a town. powerful. I hope an entire town called Monkey King Massachusetts got together and wrote that's a this. powerful name. Monkey King Massachusetts writes. Recently paroled con artist Danny Ocean is a man who keeps his cool in situations unlikely to make any individual comfortable. No sooner does he violate his parole that he's traveling around the country gathering people for his next big scheme to rob three casinos owned by the ever-ruthless Terry Benedict. With the aid of a right-hand man named Rusty, a thief out of retirement, a pickpocket, a card dealer, a surveillance man... A Chinese acrobat, an explosive experts, two wow. frontmen, and a bitter <laughs> casino mogul. They make up Ocean's <laughs> Eleven, out to make one very big score. <laughs> that was too long. Okay, hold on. Hold and on, to on, help Snow White, there are seven dwarves. The happy one, a sleepy one, a smart one, a dopey one, a grumpy one, a doctor one? A There's sneezy a one. Doc- a doctorate. He has a doctorate. There's a very good chance that what's about to happen does not make it into the episode. But if I don't do it, it's going to feel like I held in a sneeze. I think Monkey King M.A. is actually Monkey King Ma, which means it's the Ma of the Monkey King. And I think that song would go a little something like this. So that's it. That's the joke. That's wow. All I have. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> hey, you should have said that at the wedding. That was so funny. <laughs> I'm so I'm so happy right now. That was so that was very good. <laughs> There's just gorillas in the back. They're like, oh, 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 oh. Very bizarre. Wow. Something that I was gonna say is I, I Jordan, I think every time you talk about the Ocean's Eleven that you're gonna do, you say the George Clooney one, not the Frank Sinatra one. Sure. Here's what's crazy. Even with like Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, basically the Rat Pack. Yeah. Having done the original Ocean's Eleven, feels like the one we were reviewing today is so iconic. I, I bet like one no, out of two I people don't wouldn't even have know, to clarify. Wouldn't yeah. even know what the other one, that there was another one. Right. It's right. just a bit at this point because this is the true Ocean's yeah. Eleven. 2001, 20 years. It's it's in its 20th That's crazy. year of existing. That's crazy. And this I, was okay. Doge's first time, which is This wild. was Doge's sure first was. time. Love that for you. Because I wasn't born yet when it came out. Doge <laughs> <laughs> was born in 2006. So youthful. Look at these smooth under eyes, guys. So yeah. no, so this was this was a movie. Um, you know, we've we've talked about it before. We've made the jokes about. I think we talked about it on the podcast that Doge and I both grew up. Our families watched the movie RV with Robin Williams. A weird amount of times. I've seen RV with Robin Williams and uh, Jeff Daniels and Kristen Chenoweth and the pop star Jojo. Jojo and the kid that plays PETA, right? Yeah, but like probably, probably 40 times. Yeah, I've seen it a lot of times. Um, And so like we we were family movie night family. We, you know, blockbuster, order a pizza, post up in front of the TV on the couch as a family. And a recurring family movie night movie for us. Like a lot of times, probably a couple times a year was Ocean's Eleven. So I have seen this movie 
so many times. This is it's it's a movie that I not forget about, but whenever people ask the like, what are your comfort food movies? I don't think of Ocean's Eleven until I watch it again, and I'm like, oh, definitely yeah. a comfort food movie. So yeah. I love this, Carter. What's your history with this movie? Um, I saw it. I remember seeing it pretty soon after it came out. I would yeah. have been. 13 or 14, which at that time too, you're kind of deciding what what you think is cool. Yeah, sure. Yeah, being like a 14-year-old and Ocean's Eleven comes out and there's all these actors in it. It didn't feel like... At that point too, you have A-listers. Like there's been sure. A-listers is kind of getting more and more defined. Um, I remember I was already very deep into loving movie culture. And so there was an acknowledgement that Movies cost a lot of money and actors ask for a lot of money. I think I was already kind of getting to know personally, like contractually, what are they getting paid for this kind of stuff? Mm. So to see all of them together, I knew something was up. It was, it definitely felt like Ocean's Eleven was one of those, you know, yesterday on our Mini Monday episode, we talked about Don't Look Up, which has Meryl Streep, DiCaprio, Jonah Hill, Jennifer Lawrence. And so you look at things like that and it feels a little bit more common to have just everybody in a movie. And it also can happen in rom-coms. I remember like Love Actually was just like, oh, wow, look yeah. at all these people. Right. But yeah, to have Oceans and pull together basically at least four of the biggest names at the time. Yeah. yeah. You know, with with Damon, who's hot off of, you know, I think four years prior was Would have been hunting. two years hot off of The Towns of Mr. The Ripley, Towns which of is Mr. a movie Ripley. I always Towns remember. Yeah. Mr. Ripley, Clooney, Pitt, and then Julia Roberts. Sure. Uh, and then, of course, there's all these others. I was, I was sure. blown away. I thought it was so cool. Yeah, it's this is when I think ensemble cast, I think Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, definitely. This is the this is one of those that if you're ever playing the movie game, which is something yeah. that we did for hours and hours in college, getting back to Oceans was a place that was kind of a safe it's place. Always nice. Yes, yeah. you've got a, a million different off. exit routes from this movie. You go Scott Con, he's easy to jump off of. You can go Hawaii Five O or his dad sure. James is. You can go yeah, Scott Kahn. Because that's how the game works. Sure, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, Lineage is also one you can always yeah, it's use. Nice Lineage. Scott Kahn's home videos, and then go to his dad who's in them probably. So, Doge, how much did you know about this movie prior to starting it? Uh, so, Doge, Doge actually watched this. Uh, Doge and Jess, his wife, came over to our house um, for uh, Labor Day and watched this movie. I wanted to watch it with Doge for his first time. So, I got to watch Doge... That's so funny. I did too, and and didn't know anything about this. So that's great. Mm-hmm. 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 I knew I knew next to nothing about this. That's really? crazy to me. Yeah, just just for some reason had completely dodged. That's a gift. That is a dodged gift. all of it. Yeah, I just knew that it was a heist movie starring George Clooney, and I was like, I'm sure there's some other A-listers in there. I I straight up like did not know who was in this movie, anything other than George Clooney's the lead. Right. Love that. Right. That's such a fun way to go into a movie like this. And I really didn't understand it. It was very confusing to me. I'm not quite sure what happened. <laughs> like, why did they show the air freshener? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> What's the point of that? Like, uh, is, am I supposed to understand like that a smell matters? I don't get it. The humor in this movie is so interesting because it's 20 years old and the, the gentleman in it are who they are. This movie verges on dad humor pretty frequently. Hey, that's like, where I like to live, baby. Sure, sure. No, I love it. But if this movie came out today and included the line, Ted Nugent called, he wants his shirt back, people would no, assume- No, that's good. That's funny. But now people would assume that it was like a MAGA shirt covered well, sure. in crocodile skin and like a big <laughs> sign on the front that says like vaccine, no thank you. I don't know. I well, don't know anything sure. about Ted Nugent much anymore. But the like, it's such a product of the time that it was created in. Absolutely. And I love it. I'm not. The, none of these yeah. are digs at this movie. You won't catch me digging at this. movie. Listen, it's not Ocean's Eleven's fault that Ted Nugent fell from grace? Question mark <laughs> to wherever he is now. <laughs> was there ever grace? That's the question. At this that. point, I, Ted Nugent in my brain is a taxidermied crocodile. Yeah, yeah, he's a taxidermied man. 
Still got beef jerky skin. <laughs> got beef jerky skin for sure. He's a taxidermy It's whoever the guy singing Mr. Grinch would rather hang out with than be friends with Mr. Grinch. <laughs> yeah, which would make, which would make me question the guy singing Mr. Grinch. One hundred percent. That's just me. Hey, this has virtually nothing to do with Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> Hi, Doge. Welcome to Two Chunks in a Hunk, the podcast. <clears throat> now, super pump. Please, super already. Pump. Going into this movie, having no idea what it was about, but knowing it was heisty, I was not expecting it to be so, like, intentionally heist tropey. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, we've got our, like, like even our music, our, like, just, like, foxtrot jazz, like, hi-hat uh, ride symbol while we're explaining the plan. Mm-hmm. All these montages of, here's the plan, and now mm-hmm. we're actually doing the plan, and then we're back to the narration, and then all of the twistiness... This script is absolutely wonderful. And I, I'm not sure how much of it is, uh, you know, straight one-to-one from the old one, from the Rat Pack one. But this script is my super pump. I think it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. I love it too. Have, have, have you seen the fantastic Mr. Fox? Oh, yeah. No, I haven't. No way. That's oh, one of my so favorite good. movies. One of my favorite Wes Anderson movies. You guys just find out I hate George Clooney. But there's definitely a scene <laughs> that I think is a bit of an homage to Oceans like and, and Clooney and Oceans talking about uh, going in and, and getting the crew together. So there's something really interesting that happened here. And there had obviously been heist movies that came before Oceans 11 uh, and w- waited out. And this will make sense. But there's also, there were high school movies before Mean Girls. But the way that Mean Girls was kind of explaining, uh, and you could even say, some people could credit it to 10 Things I Hate About You, which Mm. came before Mean Girls, and saying, uh, these are the emos, these are the jocks. Like the way that it kind of does that rhythm of introducing certain things. Oceans kind of started to own, here's the crew, and here's Mm -hmm. the plan, to me, personally, as a movie watcher. It's like, now, if it comes after, you can't help but be like, I think this tastes a little bit like... Ocean's Eleven. And I think it's just because there's something about every piece of this puzzle that just goes in and completely owns it. Yeah. I think everybody knew what they wanted it to be. They knew how it wanted to go. I've never seen so much trivia, so much uh, about the uh, acting approach and how it seems like everyone who played this role got to have pretty free artistic freedom to do whatever they wanted. Everything from Rusty eating in every scene <laughs> yeah, uh, to yeah. <clears throat> Reiner saying, I want to like skin this. The way he eats his orange is yeah. so yeah. interesting that he's like skinning it like an apple. <laughs> but it's just people wanted to do all these quirks and stuff. And I, and I love I love almost all of them. I'm going to go ahead and get my super dump out of the way. I like to do that on Ooh. movies I love. I'm about yeah. to as well. So uh, and he would, do, he would do the same thing if you read into it uh, and read interviews that would come later. Uh, but Don Cheadle's character, that Cockney <laughs> accent, has gotta go. Yeah, super dump for me as well. <laughs> it's terrible. It's my super dump also. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So but what's bad. great? What's great is Cheadle knows. Oh, yeah. for In sure. Ocean's Twelve, his character comes Bonnie, back. Bonnie, so Bonnie Robo, Trouble. He, he tells <laughs> he tells his agent. I don't want to do this. I want to write, us to write in a way to where I don't do this accent anymore. <laughs> and the agent was like, no, we can't do that. So he was trying to You're not stuck, do it anymore. Don. But he got stuck. Don got it's stuck so in this bad, iconic dude. movie doing an iconically bad <laughs> accent. It is, is horrible. Honestly, among the worst actor choices that I can think of. It's so bad. It is, it is totally wild. I mean, it's on par with to me, it's 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 on par with Kevin Costner in Robin Hood. Like, what are you doing? Why is your mouth moving like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> I still think Don Cheadle is great for that role. Oh my gosh, just he's so making fun. Cockney. He's There's so no fun. reason. His yeah. accent is just horrendous. Well, and I feel so. Um, my my super dump was almost, but it got edged out because of how bad Don Cheadle's accent is. So it. it um, when I was a kid, I thought Don Cheadle was actually British because I didn't know what a bad accent was. Um, my my super dump was almost that I kind of feel like Matt Damon is wasted in this role and that he was grabbed for his name and didn't really get to flex very much. But at the same time, he's the young gun on screen with Pitt and Clooney, so I'm going to give it a free pass here because Damon's never a bad choice. Um, 
and it, it it has to go to Cheadle's horrific accent. Yeah, oof. I would I would push oof. back on the Damon thing. Actually, I I absolutely love him. He's probably a top three or four character I, for me. I love him too. I just top I wish he sure. got to do more. <clears throat> I don't. I'm saying like I love everything about his role. I think he was doing exactly um, what he needed to here. He's he actually ended up being a more in this than I remember. Hmm. Because I remember kind of feeling uh, how you do currently about it, but sure. then kind of seeing, and I think a lot of it is because a lot of his screen time he's not talking, and I know that yeah. seems weird, but he, yeah, he's um, now his best scene is when he is the, playing the guy from the Nevada Gaming Commission. Amazing, yeah. he's yeah. incredible. Yeah, he's wonderful. he does so well there. Kind of reminds me of his character from Talented Mr. Ripley. <laughs> My sure. fit, and that's that's. The number one Which movie I always think Matt of Damon when I think of Matt that Damon. I never forget, ever. I always actually think his name is Mr. Ripley, Matt Ripley. I just I have, have to, to watch that movie, I guess, so that I can you yeah. remember it. <laughs> yeah. A, um, a, uh, what was almost my super pump, and I'm going to try and hold on to my super pump until after the shout announcements. But what was almost my super pump is uh, our introduction to Rusty. So some oh. actors get a, a bigger introduction than others. Yeah, dude. But him playing poker and teaching A-listers. Uh, that is A-list so funny. Poster. Or, the fact uh, that th- there's Topher so much Grace funny about is playing this. himself. I, I love that Topher Grace is playing himself. And mm-hmm. he's leaning into the fact that like, hey, I'm sharing the screen with Clooney and Pitt. I get it. Totally. Right? But the fact that the three of them walk out of that club everyone's slowing down Topher for his autograph and pictures and nobody is talking to <laughs> Danny and Rusty, right? Who, yes. are, who are clearly Pitt and Clooney, but they're That's playing so these characters. Right. And they have a moment where they just kind of look at each other and move on. Dude, like, wink, their wink. non-verbals together, Clooney and Pitt, Ocean and Rust, woo, yeah, unbeatable. Both of those guys are just so good at that. Yes. In particular. Yeah. And for this role, I think... You know, Soderbergh, our director, did such a good job here because there were other big actors at the time that this, I I don't think a movie like this suits them. I love Leo, but I don't think the uh, quirkiness and charm and, I don't know, the the buddy-buddy vibe of this. Yeah. I I, I also could have a day where I could say, you know, Leo can do anything. Sure, sure. But names like that, I I think our choices were pretty spot on. For, for our leads here. I agree. I it was done really well. I agree. And it's funny. I'm glad you mentioned um, Rusty eating in every scene. That is the Ocean's Eleven version of Vigo actually broke his toe during this scene when he kicked the helmet. Like, the, it's just that, that trivia that I always want to be like, mm, Brad Pitt actually said that he didn't feel like Rusty was going to have time to eat regular meals, so he's just constantly eating a little bit at all the times. Okay, Whew, let's watch this movie. Like, it's just... <laughs> Always eating. I I can confirm that you did say that before we even pushed play on the movie. You're like, just so you know, Brad Pitt is eating all the time. I still get angry when I watch him eat the shrimp cocktail and take a bite that is only about the top third of the shrimp rather than just popping that Uh, whole bad boy in there. Eat the whole shrimp. Eat the whole shrimp. Eat that whole shrimp. That's crazy. Maybe that's why Brad looks like Brad, though, and I look like Doge. (laughs) I (laughs) I eat a whole shrimp at a time, and Brad paces himself. Oh, man, why aren't you eating it all? Um, (laughs) uh, Chelsea and I watched this. (laughs) Would you really agree big fat shrimp? Um... (laughs) We, uh, this was our date night was to watch Oceans because this is one of Chelsea's favorite movies and one of my oh, favorite so movies. Good. And so I was trying to do themed things around that. And every themed menu for Oceans is like <laughs> eating everything Rusty does. And yeah. I was like, I don't have the time to put this together because it was like <laughs> trail cheeseburger, mix, cotton candy, yeah. nachos, cheeseburger, Caesar salad. It's it was like, like a trip so, down the line at Golden Corral at that point. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's... You're right, Jordan. It definitely is one of those top things like that has just become its own lore. Totally. And let's circle back a little bit to, we talked about their nonverbals, but specifically, I, I want to I give all the credit in the world to specifically the, the trio that set the vibe of this movie, Soderbergh, Clooney, and Brad Pitt. I think the three of them are not solely responsible, but they mm-hmm. they bear the lion's share of the work for making this movie have the right vibe. Yeah. And this movie is all vibe. I mean, like every bit, the the meeting, the way that Clooney talks to everybody, the 
Um, I, I always think about Carl Reiner getting his suit tailored to him. And yeah, uh, he asks, are, are, are you sure? Or is it Pitt that asks him, hey, are you ready for this? Are you sure you're ready? So no, if you it's ever, If you were to ask me this again, that question again, you won't wake up in the morning or whatever. Yeah. And his interaction when he turns around, he's like, he's ready. I don't know, <laughs> yeah. man. They just, they fit this so well. Well, that's something that really surprised me about this. It had a lot more character than I was expecting. Totally. Um, and I think- Chock full of. Right. I think I was expecting more of a just like straight over home plate. A dad you know, kind of. Yeah. I mean, but this had like almost like a born or something where it's just like, okay, mm-hmm. this is just, they're playing it straight down the middle. But right. <clears throat> this had a lot more character than I was it's expecting. It, yeah. It reminds me of- uh, Sort of of Knives Out. I feel like this is totally. to the heist movie genre yeah. what Knives Out is to the Agatha Christie Whoa, murder mystery dude. genre. Absolutely. Uh, nice. In terms of just like strong ensemble cast and everything that comes after it. Carter, I was thinking about this whenever you said earlier that everything comes after Oceans feels like Oceans. Mm-hmm. I think any Agatha Christie movie we make from now on, people are going to be like, oh, that feels kind of like Knives Out because it just yeah. shows up and wholeheartedly owns those tropes with a great yeah. deal of character. Sure. Yeah. Any yeah. kind of subversion of expectations now is yeah. Knives Out. It yes. is a Knives and Out thing. S- Soderbergh kind of has that skill set too of just like- This is his wheelhouse. Yes. Absolutely. The, I don't know if y'all have seen uh, Logan Lucky. I have. Um, I just watched it. It is- A couple weeks ago. Adam Driver, yeah. So fun. Yeah. I don't. I Daniel do Craig. not feel like that movie got the love that it deserves. No, not at all. I think it is really, really fun and really, really well, well done. done and a great heist movie. It's um, Adam Driver, Daniel Craig, and who else? Is Who's the other? Yeah, it's um, Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Okay, why did I think it was Danny McBride? Because it oh, fits that vibe 100%. That's wild. Because <laughs> it's about NASCAR. Yeah, um, I guess so. But man, Soderbergh just has this gift for playing in a given space. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really on display here in Ocean's Eleven, specifically with the Mormon twins, as they call them, Scott Kahn and Casey Affleck, who are so funny in a way that is not out of place. Absolute scene eaters, Carter. The balloons, when I I told Doge this, when I see a bunch of balloons, I still think of this movie. It's all that I can think of. Casey Affleck is quietly one of the funniest people. one of the funniest people. Yeah. He is, he is, uh, I was also going to say like one of the best actors in Hollywood. He is- Oh, for sure. He's got some some depth, man. He's all over the place. Yeah, his range he's is just insane. so, so good. His, uh, uh, oh, I guess it's Scott Kahn delivers the line. It's one of my favorite lines in any movie ever. When he's like, hurry up before I drop you like third period French. When he's about to <laughs> run over his baby truck in his big truck. Um, <laughs> but there- uh, who you calling guy, pal? That whole back yeah. and forth with the balloons is so good. But I can't help but laugh His every hat. time they show up <laughs> in a different set of costumes. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So no, you know what? The funniest scene in the whole movie. Sorry for interrupting, Carter. I apologize. It's just so important to me. If we end this podcast without me talking about them playing 20 questions together, I'm going to lose yeah, my mind. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> is he a male? Yes, 19. <laughs> is he alive? Yes, evil can be. <laughs> it's so, so good. good. They were almost a super pump for me. Yeah. Um, they're, yeah they're, they were to close. me, I feel like the external thing that we bring in and it's, it's, it's like whenever you get a hot chocolate that has cayenne pepper in it and you're like, mm-hmm. that's not usually part of it, but why does that make it so much better? Yeah. Right? Like the Mormon twins to me feel like something that's not usually part of this trope, but they make it so much better. They, they make this vibe. on a margarita glass. Exactly. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. They, uh, thinking back specifically to the scene too with the balloons mm-hmm. is when that's originally shot, we don't see them. We just see the balloons walking through the casino and then hear them <laughs> arguing with each other as the balloons hit the ceiling. I think I, I bring that up because script, cinematography, acting, you can kind of tell when there's a vibe that saturates an entire movie. And this movie's just clever. This yeah. movie is clever and charming. Uh, I think to, to when uh, Don Cheadle's character is watching the demolition <laughs> right of this building him. on television. Yeah. While it's happening, just barely, just just kind of faded out, blurred out in the background, and he's kind of surprised that the lights went out. You know, it's just, it's so so clever. It is. 
So good. It is. This is a set that I would have loved to just oh be gosh. around. Yeah. This yeah. is one of those that you want to like get the DVD or the Blu-ray, I guess, or the 4K Blu-ray, I guess, boy, <laughs> at this point in time. And, and watch all the all the behind the scenes stuff. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, I don't know why I felt the need to uh, send us to like a don't touch that dial kind of a vibe right now. We're going to chat announcements, but there's more show. So uh, don't touch. So don't touch that dial. That dial. Don't, don't touch the dial. Is the shot announcements part of the show? Is the part where we do all the shot announcements? Hey guys, just workshopping yeah. a new um, sort of almost Barry Gibbs style yeah, I was about intro to say. for shout announcements. You can't tell by the way I shout my announce. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shout my announce. That's shout fun. my announce. Yeah. Hey, I'd like to have my the first announce. I have the first shout announcement, and it's going to be our second installment into Heist to Meet You. And what we're going to do is um, Hold up, my dog is barking. Nana says there's squirrels outside. Squirrels? That sounds, like what a, that sounds like what a dad would say if he was having a tummy time. I thought dogs, <laughs> dogs barking are barking for feet. Are you, yeah, it's for your feet sometimes. Um, <laughs> but um, something that we're going to do is um, we're going to get together and <laughs> we're going to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> We're gonna watch. We're gonna watch National Treasure together. Oh man! And it's gonna be so great. Um, I. It'll be fun. I have to. I'm gonna have to work on that. I'm gonna have to warm up my my Nick Cage muscles. You gotta do the Abed thing. But, I'm a cat. Um, yeah, a cat. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna watch National Treasure, and I couldn't be more excited because Same. it is certainly a heist movie with perhaps more at stake. <laughs> than stealing $172 million from Terry Benedict. <laughs> mm. Maybe more at stake. Freedom itself is on the line. We're, we're mm. going to find out. It was just, it's kind of been right in front of us the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I cannot, I cannot wait. It's just going to be everything. We're going to have Scene Bean. Scene Bean. In his classic role of JK, I'm not a good guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he does that a lot. <laughs> Look, I forgot he's in that. I also forgot he's in that. Which Look, is he, the one? Oh, I guess Ed Harris is the villain in the second one, huh? I've only seen the second uh -huh. one like once, maybe. Oh, I owned yeah. it. I'm I'm sure you did. Delicious. <laughs> I, it's funny. I can say that one word because it feels like National Treasure during a heist series is the kind of thing we would normally put on Patreon mm -hmm. <laughs> as a bit. But instead, what's happening on Patreon right now? No, is, the people need it. All the people. I agree. Right after we finish recording the episode you are currently listening to with thine ears, we will be turning right around and recording the second installment of the Back to the Future series. We're going to record Back to the Future Part 2. That's for our Patreon Great feed. Scott! We're doing, yeah. it's weird, we're doing a Patreon series that feels like it would normally be main feed. And we're doing a main feed episode that feels like it would normally do Patreon, which is, hmm. which is bonkers. It's a big you know what helps you get both? Tell me. Three bucks. Three bucks. Just three dollars. It's three dollars, y'all. If, you, if you've got three doll hairs per month, Let's be fair. It's per month. You can get access to all of our patron exclusive episodes in our patron only podcast feed. You also at that tier for $3, get an extra vote in any vote series that we do, which we've mentioned before has drastically changed the outcome of many a series. So that second vote matters, especially if you really want to talk about a specific movie, I would recommend locking in that second vote. Uh, and that might come in handy, spoiler alert, uh, pretty soon. Pretty, pretty, pretty soon. Pretty, pretty soon. soon. So wink, wink, a nudge, nudge. But also, if you got two extra bucks and a desire to talk to us more frequently, for $5 a month, our second tier of Patreon gets you access to our private Discord server where we're talking about movies, some video games. We're talking about uh, uh, our top five of all sorts of different things. Uh, my favorite yeah. top five, by the way, Carter, so far has been movie theater snacks. I love yeah. knowing what people munch on in the theater. I think that's really great. Yeah, yeah the, the Discord is super cool. Uh, probably one of my favorite things that we do here at Two Chunks is the Discord. It's super fun. Um, lots of discussion. Oh, it's also where Box Office Ball is currently happening. 
That's true. Um, so if you want, if you want in on the second floor of that for the next season, I would recommend going ahead and getting a head start on that. We want you in Discord. Join us. And listen, if you're in a situation where all that just sounds like a bunch of work, and we get it, it's hard work, and not everybody wants to do that. But the main thing you can do to help us is to get us to 300 iTunes reviews by our fourth birthday, which is October 10th. Soon, we're going to be very big boys. Mm. And very big boys need to have lots of podcast reviews in order to continue to grow to even be very bigger and stronger boys. I'm going to move to the top bunk pretty very soon. Very bigger and stronger. So don't you, don't you want us to be big, strong boys? Guy, don't you vegetables. want us to be bigger and stronger boys? We got to eat our vegetables. And for podcast, vegetables are reviews. That's true. That's what I always say. And that's how it goes. Uh, but you can head over to iTunes and leave us a review uh, and a rating. Five stars is great. That's definitely our preference. But if you if you honestly feel like this is one-star content, we need to know that too. We're yeah, big let boys. Us know. We're going to be big boys soon. We got to know the We truth have been about told ourselves. that we were great and we got one star. That, <laughs> that is, is true. true. That is so. true. <laughs> Favorite podcast. I love it so much. One star. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm going to super pump and you can't stop me. There's more to talk about. We haven't gotten to Julia Roberts. We haven't gotten to, um, oh my goodness, why can't I think of his name all of a sudden? Andy Garcia. Thank you. We haven't gotten to Andy Garcia. Um, but I'm going to super pump now. We can get to the rest of that later. My super pump is the heist itself. It rules so hard. It's the best mm. thing ever. Yeah, it's very good. Um, specifically, the triple twist. Yeah. It's it's like you're watching the floor exercise in the Summer Olympics. Yeah. There's so many twists. There's so many twists. <laughs> um, I think the twists <laughs> in this heist work. I think they pull it off. There is yeah. nothing like the moment where uh, Matt Damon and the audience both realized that uh, they were lying about all the conflict um, in order to make him feel like he had to get the job done. There is nothing like watching Andy Garcia, Terry Benedict realize that the floor of the vault does not say the Bellagio. Mm. I mean, it is. And then finally, the SWAT team van. Yeah. With the Being air freshener. The yeah, 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 yeah. It is just mwah, chef's kiss. The heist rules. Yeah. And in a heist yeah, movie, you'd like for the heist to rule. That's one of the it main important pieces of it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. would say so. Yeah, I think something that is so, what's so fun and different too about this movie is I think what's pivotal to the heist is someone who's not even a member of Danny Ocean's 11. Mm-hmm. And I think Tess, I think- because of the relationship between Danny and Tess, all of a sudden now there are different stakes, yep. right? It, it becomes more personal. And, and I, I remember Oceans differently than when I had watched it now because it does feel like it's just a fun thing that there's really hardly any repercussions, right? It's like they get away with it, everybody wins. But ultimately, Danny goes back to jail. Yeah. Like yeah. he has to, he's risking kind of everything yeah. here. When the root of it is, this is, a love story, right? Is it not? Yeah. Like this is a this is a romance essentially. I right? honestly feel like in, the a, romance, in a heist movie. Uh, outside of Don Cheadle's totally atrocious sounds from his mouth, I think the romance is far and away the weakest part of this movie. I agree. Yeah, I think that, I disagree. I think that Tess Julia Roberts is given virtually nothing to do. No reason to return script. to Danny either. I agree. Like she is treated as if she's also she's like an add-on. Right, like a free mm. checkout now, and you get Julia Roberts in addition to your money. Yeah, and it's her like, her love is something that can be won by beating the other person and not earned through like relational yeah, equity. She yeah, feels I like agree. a prize rather than a person, and it's just it's not my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> I agree. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I liked it a lot. Uh, I liked it a lot. I think I think she is um, fantastic in this, though, when she does well, get her chance to shine. That's because it. I mean, that's how you impressed Chelsea, right? Stole all that money, and she was like, "Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll marry." Oh, him he's for sure. the. Oh, he's the one. Yeah, <laughs> he's the definitely. One. Yeah, I think it showed uh, to me the way that I read it, 
And I don't think it was too much assuming of something. I think some of it, not necessarily was lobbed up or spoon fed to me, but I think it's there is that uh, she definitely was. Uh, Terry feels to me kind of like a rebound totally. a little bit. Yeah. An she incredibly was not unsafe over one. Danny. Completely not over uh, Danny. And um, I think he kind of knew that. I think ultimately you can have an argument that she's not the ba- she's not the add-on. The $172 million is the add-on to getting sure. Tess back. Yeah. Because without that, the stakes aren't high enough to have the choose between the two. That feels like Danny's idea to steal the money started with, how do I get Tess back? Yeah. I think that's what I love about my, my viewing of it. Also, the two of them together. Well. Did you know that on set of Ocean's Eleven was the first time at the table read, is the first time that Julia Roberts and Clooney met in person? Wow. Wow. Doesn't it feel like everybody that? that big should already know each other? Like they all should have each Absolutely. other on speed They should have a big Absolutely. group chat. Yeah. Their, their chemistry together, their scenes together were some of the best writing, I think. Agreed. Um, was just really good and kind of her pretty consistent burning of him and saying, no, here's how much you hurt me. It's never going to happen. So I do get the, oh, it was as easy as, even though the heist isn't easy, it was like, oh, she's back. Yeah. Um, that feels old Hollywood to me. And there's some things about old Hollywood that need we need to grow out of. So I totally get that. But uh, my super pump is George Clooney. And yeah. amidst, I mean, it's basically like uh, you took the greatest athlete, uh, in uh, that that you know of, right? And but you, then you put them on a world stage, and they still just absolutely dominate. Right. Like George Clooney shared the screen with Scene Eaters, mm-hmm. all yeah. of them. With I mean, with Pitt, who a lot of people would argue is more charming than to me. Ocean's Eleven is the the write it in stone, just stamp it. Like George Clooney is the most charismatic person on earth. Sure. Yes, I think there is nobody cooler. On Earth than Clooney and Ocean's Eleven is the the bolded font, the heading of his resume. Sure, like yeah, he was right here in the middle of it and still could not take my eyes off that man. He was phenomenal. Yeah, he, he he's really so is. freaking cool. Yeah, <laughs> he's just naturally cool. You you talk about the nonverbals and just the way that him and Brad work together. There's just something about uh, I think without Clooney being Danny Ocean. Um, I don't think you get to live vicariously through all these people willing to go on a heist with him. Agreed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because it's like, of course it's Danny, right? You, Someone had to walk in with some kind of trust without having to say much at all. And it had to be George Clooney. Agreed. I think he's perfect. Yeah. I think, I think this it's- maybe is my favorite. One of my, I can't, maybe not my favorite because I love him and oh brother, where art thou? But um, peak, peak Clooney right here. Agreed. I think there's that natural charisma that he brings to it that is so essential to the character of Danny. And he has to be. He's not acting. You know, he just <laughs> right. has that charisma. Right. You know, in the right. same way that it's like, it's important for Thor to be tall and muscly. Good thing Chris Hemsworth is tall and muscly because he sure. doesn't have to act tall and muscly. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's so good. Carter, it, it's, it's such an interesting point I hadn't thought about until right now. But yeah, it, it is important that Clooney is Danny because otherwise. I'm not going to buy it when 10 people, 11 people are all like, this is crazy, but yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Because it's Danny. I mean, it's Danny. If it's Danny, it's going to work, right? Like that's sort of mm-hmm. the vibe. Yeah, man. That's such a good point. Yeah. It had to It had to be him. Yeah. Hmm. I think if Clooney wasn't so like naturally cool, I would I would dislike him <laughs> because- you know what I mean? Like he's, he's one of the Hollywood families, right? Oh, you sure. know, with like his aunt and stuff, like- it almost feels cheating. Like yeah. you had your foot in the door, but he's one of those people. It's like when there's a actually very talented musician who gets, you know, like a ton of radio play and you're like, you actually deserve all of the attention and all of the- Bruno Mars. Yeah. that you're getting. Yeah, exactly. He's Bruno it's like, Mars. I, I should dislike Bruno Mars because he is so, you know, wildly successful and, but there's just something like you, he actually earns it, fully, fully earns it. Yeah. No, that's a good. What's funny with Clooney is it it doesn't even feel like calling him the Bruno Mars of movies. (laughs) Right, Bruno Mars is the George Clooney of music. That feels insane because (laughs) nobody's the Clooney of music. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely insane. (laughs) Uh, Andy Garcia as Terry Benedict rules. Yeah, very good. He is so spooky. uh, Like the control that he has inside the walls of his casinos is intimidating and believably scary. Yeah. 
I, I told Chelsea we're watching uh, Benedict and it's just, he kind of keeps the same expression the whole time, yeah. which is yeah. perfect of just this kind of like, I don't really trust you, but I've got business to do. Um, I said, I've never been so sure that someone used to be an animal in a previous life. <laughs> and Chelsea's like, what? I was like, Andy Garcia was a falcon. Ooh. 100%. This man just looks like just this like bird. <laughs> just an intimidating, but still kind of got some grace. If I may. Uh, you don't want to piss him off. Andy Garcia as Terry Benedict is scary season one Michael Scott. Mm. That's funny. I could see it. It's exactly what That's he looks funny. like. Yeah, see it. Terry's a uh, Andy Garcia as Terry Benedict is a representation of a lot of what makes uh, the acting choices great in this movie. Is that th- there is uh, I would say it leans more on subtlety than a caricature of a character. It's like sure. uh, everyone's got these nuances about them that aren't just super blatant, except they're <laughs> incredibly distinguishable. If that makes sense, I don't know. I, I'm sounding juxtaposing, but. Nobody's way over the top. Even Bernie Mac is not yeah. really being super Bernie Mac. Dude, the scene which, where by he the buys way, the van. Love yeah, that. Yeah, very good. <laughs> and the, the brothers are just bouncing on it in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I think, though, I think that nuance is why Cheadle stands out so bad. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Because he's the one. It's because there is that, no nuance to his performance. He is a cartoon. He's a caricature. Yeah. Yeah, you got to think everyone was looking around and was like, hey, man. Dude, what are you doing? doing? A little bit. Nobody hey. else is doing this. Well, and I feel Nobody like else is doing this. Like we've already shot too much of the movie for you to stop. So, man, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's got to keep going. He just walks. We're he's too, like, we're too far. All right, Gov, not let's get it going then. <laughs> do you it's do like, you what? want me to blow some stuff up? Let's blow it up, eh? <laughs> hey, man. Oh, God, yeah, I'm blowing up. I was like, the image of a poop-covered turtleneck is burned into my brain forever. Is there a worse yeah. shirt you could be wearing to be stuck in a sewer? Uh, uh, more no, like a, he put the turd in turtleneck. Ew. Oh, turtle. Ew. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Ew. Oh. <laughs> Doge, uh, we're not at the end, but man, we're nearing it. And I don't think you've super pumped yet, my guy. Yeah, I, that was the first thing I did. Super pumps the script. Oh, yeah, that's Boom. right. Yeah, because it's great. It's what so, now? so good. That's right. Well, I just wanted to make sure that we weren't going to forget anything uh, before I wanted to have uh, a quick discussion about rusty eating. I know we talked about it at the beginning a little bit. But did you know actually that was Brad Pitt's choice in this? He felt like his character wouldn't ever have time to eat. Did you know so Brad Pitt broke decided. Aragorn's foot when he ate that helmet? <laughs> <laughs> I... I guess specifically what I want to talk about is those little things, um, those character choices, things like Rusty always eating, um, things like... Um, Don Cheadle's accent. Don Cheadle's accent, <laughs> things like that. No, just just those things that lend a little more life to a movie because it yeah. feels like you're watching somebody that existed outside of the time frame of the movie mm-hmm. happening. It's because that stuff's not important to the story. Right. Like it doesn't matter at all. Ocean's Eleven is not a different movie if Brad Pitt is not eating. Right. But it makes it feel like he exists even when the camera's not pointed at him. Yeah. Are there other things like that in this movie to you guys? For me, one of them is the Mormon twins doing the brother, like the, I didn't touch you. I'm not touching you, actually. Is the thing is that I'm not touching mm-hmm. you, and, I, and you can't make me Yeah, I fully believe that those guys grew right. up together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's that little, it's flavor, it's seasoning, it's the bay leaf in the movie. It's like... Um, these little, I don't know what to call it other than just like flavors of reality that get sprinkled in that make you believe that the world stretches beyond the lens of the camera when you're watching a movie. And I just feel like this is full of those kinds of things. Uh, Particularly, and maybe this is a little more um, in your face than like Brad Pitt eating, but like the little nods to all of the previous jobs Danny has done with these people make it so fun. Like the fact that they yeah. go meet with, um, what's Ross's dad's name? Ruben. Ruben. When they go meet with Ruben and just, you can tell that the 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 rapport is already there from previous experience working mm-hmm. together. And he finishes with that, uh, <laughs> I owe you for that one time when we did that thing. 
I'll never forget it. It was beautiful. You <laughs> yeah. know, that whole thing. He knows he's yeah. got backstory with it, but he's done so much he can't. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I'm just in. It's awe. funny. I, I I think it's only because we brought up Aragorn, but it's it's definitely the world building a little mm. bit uh, of these similarities of you know. There's something I, that I would call like thief speak all throughout totally. this movie is like they're mm. when they're naming like okay, and you need an Ella Fitzgerald, and you need a you know all these yeah, different yeah. things. For all I know, they made that up. But to me, it's like, okay, I don't really get to understand that because I'm not a part of that Such culture. Such a good point. You know, and so they just they just throw that stuff in there. But yeah, the thief speak and the referencing of like everyone knows everyone else's history, um, mm-hmm. which makes you think uh, the, the almost all-knowing of Terry Benedict makes sense because if he's done his research, he knows these guys' backgrounds. There's some rap sheets he, he can knows read, when he's probably. standing by Ruben. You've got to think when he's standing by Ruben, Ruben blowing up the casino he bought out from Ruben, it's because he knows Ruben is a thief. Yeah. He's like, he's just quietly choking everyone 100%. out. 100%. That's so good. Which in, in Ocean's 12, it's basically vendetta time, right? It's like, we know with the tailing at the end, I always forget the twins are tailing Danny as he mm-hmm. comes out of out of the prison. But uh, yeah, it's Man, it, you could always tell there's going to be more. 12 is such a step down from 11 too. I'm glad we're not doing an Oceans series because no, I don't want to have to watch no 12. There's no need to do all of it. Well, dang, I just, my excitement for watching 12 just completely disappeared. It evaporated. It's not very good. It tries to be the Italian like job it. a little bit. Uh, I like it, but it's not as, it's not Oceans Second, 11. 12 is not casinos again, right? 13 goes back to casinos, but 12 is not casinos, right? It's art. Right. Isn't mm-hmm. it? Um, the the, well, the last yeah, it's a who's the better thief situation. Yeah, yeah. thief off. Kind of like Despicable Me. And mm. Am I? <laughs> Never mind. I don't think it is. Is Carrie Ells in one of them? I can't even think of who that is. Are you thinking of the Princess Bride? <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry, I get those confused yeah, all the time. They're similar. Carl Reiner, Rob Reiner. You never know, man. Yeah. Which Reiner? Are which they related? Is it, you know, it's his dad, right? Is it? I think it's his is dad. It? Okay. Yeah. yeah that makes Was. Sense. His dad. Yeah, he passed away earlier this year. Um, yeah. yeah, that's true. Still his dad. Still his dad. Still his dad. Dad forever. Still his dad. Um, the last thing I want to bring up before we move on to rate this movie is simply um, Ruben explaining the three most successful casino heists in Vegas history. Yeah, it's very good. such a fun scene. Very, very good. Mm-hmm. His narration, the music, the way things look, it's just so fun. I think it's really great. Yeah. Um, it is time to rate this movie, the first movie of our Heist to Meet You series. It is uh, science. We're going to use science to rate this one. Yeah. The scientific it's a good, cinema scale. good thing to do this time. Uh, to be exact, it's perfect and as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it. Buy that poster. The next best thing is going to be buy it. That's followed by rent it. And then stream it. After that is forget it. And last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. It's a poster for the boy. Ooh. <laughs> Love that. A first watch poster. Yeah. This is so good. It I think it was the perfect storm of like going in with absolutely no expectations other than I know George Clooney's in this. Right. We need to find out, hey, he's the best part of this all-star cast. <laughs> right. And then the script itself is so good. I was like, there's literally nothing except for Don Cheadle's bad mouth that I dislike about this movie. (laughs) Dude, I wanted to talk about it when it ended so bad, but I had to hold my tongue and I was like, I can't tell if he liked it or not because he's not freaking out about it, but he might just be (laughs) freaking out about it without saying anything because he doesn't want to talk about it before we record. Like, I wanted you to like this so bad, so that makes me happy. It's a poster (laughs) for me as well. Um, I knew it was going to be a poster before I even hit play. So (laughs) I just love this movie so much. Um, I think it is, uh, it's perfect for Jordan. I'll tell you that it's, it's an easy poster. I think this movie slaps, um, every part of it, even Don Cheadle. Doge, you call it a perfect storm. What's funny is less than a year before that Clooney would make a movie called the, the perfect, perfect storm. storm. Yep. Um, <laughs> Wait, that's what I watched. A- what did you guys watch? <laughs> it's, it's a poster 100% for me. It's a poster. I think I had fun trying to replace certain characters uh, with different actors. Like Soderbergh, one of his favorite guys to work with is Matt McConaughey. And McConaughey, Mm. to be honest, feels like an okay fit, especially in the year 2001. But it feels like it would change the balance that made this movie. Yeah, right. That made this movie a poster for me. And so, yeah, it's it's, um, I, I can't find a way to make it much better. 
except for Don Cheadle's accent. McConaughey feels like you'd add him in a sequel and he's like Brad Pitt's brother who's out for, he's leading a rival thief gang. Yeah. Uh, but then by the end of Pitt it, he joins of. the thief gang and they're like, we're family. <laughs> yeah. yeah. John Cena's in the thief yeah, gang. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> they like to drink Stella Artois and only, you can have, you can have any, any drink from the cooler as long as it's a Stella Artois. As long as it's a Stella Artois. <laughs> as long as it's wild turkey. <laughs> you can you can street you can have any <laughs> you can street race anything you like as long as it's a Lincoln. I, I was gonna it's just good. be like you can have anything from the cooler you want as long as it's a Lincoln. Like wait, what what? Huh? As long as it's reliant huh? energy. Oh, he does do reliant, doesn't he? Hey, don't he does everything. Don't, this is just a PSA. Don't watch the other Oceans movies. I haven't seen Eight with Sandy with Sandy Bully. It might be good. I don't know. I haven't seen it. It's not Steven Eight's Soderbergh, great. though. I know that. Um, so yeah, just Eight's really just good. don't watch Twelve and Thirteen if you love Eleven. I would say I would say watch them if you want to. Yeah, I mean Sorry you can to, do whatever you mm-hmm. want. I guess. Sorry to do that, but um, you can watch. You can. It's your life. You know. You can watch if you want to. You can leave me behind. Yep. At least. Yep. Yeah. You know. So anyway, if you skip shout announcements, first of all, stop. Don't skip it. I like shout announcements, and it makes me sad. We should clickbait it. We should just you. You, you won't, won't believe. believe. <laughs> three things from shout announcements. You won't believe number two. Number three will you shock remember you. shout announcements from years ago. You won't believe how it <laughs> you looks. Believe now. What shout announcements <laughs> looks like now. Shout announcements was on the beach doing what? Doctors hate shout announcements for this one simple trick. Two-piece bikini at that age? Shout announcements, you're bold and brash. We have to stop. Look, my, my, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you missed this part or just- bikini, by the way. Bikini? Is that whenever you take a bikini and you smush it on a George Foreman grill with some meat and cheese in it? It's a panini. A no, I got panini. it. No, I got it. No, yeah, I was no. There. It's like how you make a panini. No, I was already there. (laughs) Uh, I just want to make sure that everybody's aware. That's my point. I just want to make sure you know that the second heist movie we're doing for Heist to Meet You is National Treasure. And if you don't think that's awesome, then you might have tuned into the wrong podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to do that next week. Also, Back to the Future Part 2 coming at you real soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Actually, spoiler alert, or uh, I guess more of a peek behind the curtain, as soon as we finish this episode, we're just turning around and recording that one. Yeah, so. it's coming at us even sooner. If you like this energy right now, I love that. that's a spoiler. It's just going to bridge all the way through. So <laughs> yes. Make sure you tune. tune make sure you tune in for 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 that. Make one. sure go in there, maybe tune in, eh? <laughs> to end today's episode, I'd like for each of us to say our name and which accent we think Don Cheadle should have had instead. His Natural born accent is not an option. Oh. For two chunks in a hunk, I'm Jordan Wonders. And uh, it, it, the answer is German. Mm. The answer is mm. German. Mm. But still keep all the Cockney rhyming slang he tried to do. Yeah, yeah. But in his German accent. So he'd be like, oh, yes. This would be yes, like a rebel. In, <laughs> in some serious Bonnie rebel. I mean, yes, <laughs> trouble. Indeed. <laughs> I'm Doge. And the answer is goofy. I want him to talk like Goofy. <laughs> We're in some serious trouble. Oh my I mean, goodness. Arnie Rubble. That first one was a pretty good Goofy, actually. <laughs> Gorsh. I'm Carter, and I don't know. There's uh, all, the, all of y'all are so good. <laughs> I always get caught up on the weirdest ones to end the episode. There's a lot of pressure here to be the last one. I'm Carter, uh, and I think a George, he would do a George Clooney. Accent. Wow. <laughs> And just George Clooney ADRs all of his lines. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I don't know how to do a George Clooney impression. It's got to, I don't either. I think it's like a, talk be cool. Talk cool. I, uh, it's, <clears throat> we're, in, we're, in some, we're in some, we're in some serious Barney we're in, Rubble. It's we're a little. Serious, we're in some serious Barney Rubble. It's a, are there people who do Clooney impersonation? I feel like I've never I've seen never, someone. I don't think I've ever seen a Clooney impersonation. What's that dude's name, Ross? Marquand. Marquand, I bet he's got he's a Clooney. He's got to have a Clooney, right? That dude Ross does everything. got to have a Clooney. If I know one thing about Ross, got to have a Clooney. Ross does everybody. Ross probably has a me. Yeah, I bet he does. Hey, Tony, how about you let me wear one of them suits, eh? 
<laughs> I could be something like War Machine, eh? What, 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 how about you let me do that? We're friends. Dude, honestly, that was a spot-on impression of Don Cheadle's bad <laughs> yeah, accent that was for real. Good, a good impression of bad Don Cheadle. <laughs> that was so good. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.